Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope you're able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope this message will be an inspiration to help you find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. All right, this morning we're going to talk about giving, and particularly we're going to talk about uh, tithing. And uh, and we're going to share some things with you. Some of you have never heard before this whole facet of the Old Testament tithe and what that exactly meant. If you go on the internet, and I don't want you really to, to listen to these people, but if you go on the internet and you, you Google tithing or tithe, you will see pop up all kind of videos of teachers, preachers, just people on there telling you tithing is no longer for today. It was under the law, the Old Testament. We're under grace. You do not have to tithe. And they're doing everything they can to stop you from tithing. And I'm like, you know, um, when it comes to giving, um, when it comes to something like that, I just want to say, uh, don't you have something better to do in your life than to try to stop people from giving? For heaven's sakes, uh, God is a giver. Did you know that? God is a giver. And if you're going to be God-like, you're going to be a giver too. I don't know what's wrong with these sour pussies. I really don't. They, they just need to, um, they need to find something else to do with their time, trying to stop people from giving. Uh, and if I were um, to estimate or guess, I would say that probably those people do not tithe or even give anywhere near 10% of their income to the Lord's work, if anything. And, uh, but you'll find them there. Just don't go listen to them. Get in the Word of God and read what it says. Listen to the Spirit of God and do what God says for your life. Amen? Well, the very first person that ever tithed in the Bible was Abraham. And Abraham was coming back from rescuing Lot. And uh, he, he had captured all the bounty that had been taken away. And Melchizedek, uh, a priest of the high God, the Bible says, his identity, his genealogy, we don't really know anything about him other than what God said about him in the Old Testament. And then that Christ Jesus himself was after the order of Melchizedek. In other words, uh, Christ did not come from the tribe uh, uh, that should have uh, ushered in the high priest. No, he came from the tribe of Judah. So that was not uh, the priestly tribe. So anyway, Abraham saw this high priest, Melchizedek, and he gave him a tithe of all that he had brought back. He gave the high priest the tithe. That was the first mention years and years before the law was given to the Jewish nation that incorporated into the law the tithe, uh, which we'll call the sacred tithe, the tithe that was to be given to the priest and then as the law was formed to the Levites also. So today, we're going to share with you three tithe 
that is mentioned in the Old Testament. And so let me set it up this way. Uh, the Old Testament was God's dealing with the nation of Israel. To start with, God was uh, the nation. It was a theocracy. It was supposed to be God-led. That's why it was such an offense to God when they chose or wanted a king. No, he was to lead uh, the nation, but they chose a king. And uh, as a result of that, uh, they suffered greatly through the generations to come, all the way up until the time of Christ, they were under bondage to the Romans. So here in the Old Testament was God's dealings with the nation of Israel. And the law was the Jewish law, or it was for them. Okay, we come over to the New Testament. We are, it is no longer the focus of Israel. The focus is the church of Jesus Christ, all right? And so it's all about the church. We are under grace because Christ, Christ paid the price for our sins. So under the Old Testament law for the nation of Israel, there were three tithes. I always wonder. Because years ago, I'm reading through the Old Testament, and I come to the place where it says, and they ate the tithe. And I'm like, oh my, what is going on here? They're eating the tithe. They're not supposed to eat the tithe. They're supposed to give it to the priest and the Levites. So what in the world is going on? Um, I grew up in a similar God church, but I never remember hearing a sermon on tithing. They took up an offering every week, but the pastor never preached on it. These were good men, but they never preached on it. I didn't understand it. So when I got saved, I didn't tithe. I didn't really, uh, they didn't pay much attention to it, didn't give it much importance. So I didn't either. So I didn't give hardly at all. And uh, I went off to Bible college. And at one time, I didn't have a job. So my brother had a really good job. He was sending me his tithe. And I was eating the tithe. I was spending the tithe. I was thanking God for his tithe that I was spending and eating. And so I uh, finally, I got in a good church where they taught us about biblical tithing and giving. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm in trouble. And uh, I get on the phone, I call my brother, and I say, Daryl, I really appreciate it, but you can't send me your tithe anymore. You got to give your tithe to the local church that you're attending. And uh, so he quit. So I started living by faith at that point, all right? So anyway, uh, which is always a good thing. And then somewhere during all those period of time, that period of time, someone, and this was a lot of money back then, uh, still a little good little bit, but someone gave me a gift of $500. I thought I died and going to heaven, and uh, I got enough money for weeks on end now, and uh, I took the $500, but something stopped me. I think it was a check. Something stopped me from cashing it, and I'm like, I got curious. I'm like, why would they give me this? This is a lot of money. Uh, why, why? And so I went to him and I asked him, I said, hey, I'm just curious. I really appreciate it. Why were you giving it to me? Well, it's our tithe. And we thought we would just give you our tithe. I'm like, great God. The only money people give me is their tithe. And so, uh, I had to give the money back. I said, I greatly appreciate it. 
but I'm going to give it back to you. There it is. And so uh, my flesh didn't want to, but my spirit was trusting God at this point. And I knew what the Bible now said about the tithe. I wasn't about to take their tithe. No, you're not to eat your tithe, drive your tithe, wear your tithe, give it to aunt so-and-so. No, the tithe is where God said it belongs. And that, as you heard earlier, is the local church for the work of the ministry. We'll talk a little bit about it. I'm getting ahead of myself. But let's go to those three tithes, all right? So first tithe, the sacred tithe, which was for the work of the ministry of keeping up the tabernacle, supporting the Levites and the priests. And uh, it's the same tithe that Abraham gave to Melchizedek. So let me read you a scripture. Numbers 18 and verse 21. And the Bible says, Behold, I have given the children of Levi all the tithes in Israel as an inheritance in return for the work which they perform, the work of the tabernacle of meeting. And then the very next verse says, the Levites are to give a heave offering or to share the tithe with the priest in verse 28. Now, so that's the first tithe under the Jewish law. All right, and now we go to the second tithe under the Jewish law. It was the law, and this is the one that really confused me years ago. This is the tithe of the feast and festivals. There were several that they celebrated, and so here we have God saying, okay, uh, you take a second tithe and use it for the festivals when you all come together in celebration. They w- would hear the word. It would like, be like a spiritual vacation. They'd gather from all over the nation. They would fellowship, see friends, family. Maybe they haven't seen in a while. It was a glorious, glorious time. But they were allowed to eat that tithe and participate in the festival. So it was the tithe that covered the cost of the festival. So let me read it to you. It starts in Deuteronomy chapter 14. You shall truly tithe all the increase of your grain that the field produces year by year. And you shall eat before the Lord your God in the place where he chooses to make his name abide. The tithe of the grain and your new wine and your oil and the firstborn of your herds and and your flocks that you may learn to fear the Lord your God. So they came together, not fearing, cowering fear, but fear in reverence of God. So he said, the second tithe, you're going to be able to celebrate this festival with, all right, with eating and all the costs associated with it. That, I believe, is why Jesus got so upset. One of the reasons, um, not the main reason, because the temple was not being used for what it should have been in Jerusalem. But when he walked in and made the whip, turned over the table of the money changers, because when people live far away, they would, instead of bringing something to, uh, to eat that was an animal or their uh, crops, they would bring money and exchange it and buy what they needed there. 
but the money changers were robbing the people of their tithe. And so they weren't having enough. They were being taken advantage of. And Christ did not want and does not want anybody taken advantage of. I'm thinking of somebody there at Redbuck. Uh, somebody may be trying to take advantage of you. Christ does not want you to be taken advantage of. So listen to the spirit of Almighty God. Now, let me go to the number three tithe. All right, this was the tithe for the poor. The tithe for the poor. Let me just read the first portion of this scripture and bear with me, okay? Deuteronomy 14, 28. And at the end of the third year, you shall bring out the tithe of your produce of that year and store it up within your gates. This was the tithe for the widows, the fatherless, the poor. Uh, this was to take care, basically, of the poor. But it wasn't every year they tithed this amount. They tithed once every three, or during the third year, was the tithe to give to the poor. So, under the law, there was the sacred tithe that went to the priests and the Levites. There was the second tithe that they used for the festivals. And then number three, there was the tithe every three years that they gave to the poor. So we, now we come to the New Testament. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, we come to the New Testament and um, things are different, all right? It's a, it's a different system of grace. It's uh, Christ's focus is the church of Jesus Christ. And the Testament, Old Testament is the focus, is the nation of Israel under the law. So we're not under law, we're under grace, that's right. But here's the deal in the Old Testament. If Christ and the Word of God for us out of the New Testament brings truth and principles out of the old into the new, then we practice them. Let me give you an example. Years ago, I did a study on uh, the Ten Commandments in relationship to how they apply to the New Testament. And I discovered that every one of the Ten Commandments except one was brought into the New Testament church. The only one that was not emphasized or re-emphasized like it was in the old under the law was the Sabbath, the Jewish Sabbath, all right? So here in the New Testament, they started worshiping on the first day of the week, which was Sunday. So everything else, carry it over. You're not supposed to murder. Even you're not supposed to murder in the Old Testament, and you're not supposed to murder in the first, in this one. You're to honor your parents in the old. You're to honor your parents here, Ephesians, in the, in the new. So all these principles were brought over except the Sabbath and tithing, not under the law, but even before the law was brought over into the sacred tithe of giving to the priest and the Levites. So, okay, wow, all right. So we get to the New Testament and Jesus turns everything upside down as far as the normal Jewish man or woman was concerned. You will never find in the New Testament 
a place where it says that Jesus rescinded the tithe of the, the sacred tithe to support the work of the ministry. There was no mention of the second tithe. We don't have the festivals under the church. And the third tithe, we do have emphasized in the New Testament, but we're not commanded to give a certain percentage to poor. But uh, we'll get to that. We're, because Paul admonishes people to give to the poor, but it is as they are directed or they purpose in their heart, the Bible says. Okay, so you will not find any place where it's rescinded the sacred tithe. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 8 says, Here mortal men receive tithe. But there he receives them of whom it was witnessed that he lives. Really? What is this saying? It's saying we're still tithing. Uh, ushers may normally in the past take the tithes and offering. We give our tithe and it supports ministry. But uh, at the same time, it's really supporting the kingdom of God, which belongs to Jesus Christ. So when you give this morning, you're not just giving to a church. You're giving really to God. It's God. This church doesn't belong to us. It belongs to God because we're the people of God and we've been bought with a price. So Matthew chapter 23, verse 23 says, talking about tithing, Jesus says, you should have done all, you should have tithed, you ought to have tithed, and you should have done mercy, justice, and faith, but you shouldn't have stopped tithing. No, you should have tithed, he said. In Luke, he gives us the principles of giving. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. So, 2 Corinthians. I know I'm going fast, but the movie's coming to an end. All right, so anyway. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So, so let everyone, here it is. They're talking about giving to the poor in Jerusalem. They're taking up a special offering in Macedonia and in the Corinthian church. They're taking one up to send to the poor in Jerusalem. So let each one of you give, verse 7, as he purposes in his heart. It's not a law. It's not a set amount like in the Old Testament to the poor, but he says, as you purpose in your heart. And then he says, not grudgingly, okay, I'm going to give something to the poor, or of necessity, you're not required, for God loves a cheerful, what? God loves a cheerful giver. So when we have a need and we decide to give, we, we do so cheerfully. We don't do so out of bondage or because somebody's making us. No, we don't do that. In the early history of America, I read where there were some churches where the, uh, the ushers would go down the aisle and they would have a stick 
And if you didn't give, they would reach over and wrap you. We're seriously considering that in there. All right, so anyway, uh, of course not. Good idea, though, but uh, <laughs> I say not. All right. Anyway, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 14, the Bible says, even so the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should live from the gospel. He is reemphasizing the importance of the sacred tithe, which is to, for the support of the ministry. There are some 400 employees that serve this church in preschool, in the school, in our church, in the campuses. Think about it, some 400 people. Uh, God has brought together, and uh, it's, it's incredible. And a thousand plus volunteers that make all of this happen. But what would happen if everybody stopped tithing? Now stay with me. Stay with me because this is important. In the Old Testament, when they stopped tithing, what happened? The people got away from God from time to time and they stopped tithing. Usually if somebody gets away from God, they stop tithing. Actually, they stop tithing before they finally slip out normally. And so we don't want to do that. But they would stop tithing. And you know what would happen? What would happen? The priests, they couldn't sustain their families. And so they went back to the fields. They went back to where they came from. They went because they had to make a living. What would happen in this church if everybody stopped tithing? Eventually, here's what would happen. The whole staff would have to leave. We'd have to go get jobs. I'd, I would be an IT person, so I'm so good on phones. And uh, anyway, I'm kidding, but uh, pray for me because I don't know what I would do. But uh, we would all have to find something to do if everybody stopped tithing. And you call the church, you'd get a message. I'm sorry we can't help you today. No one's here because you stopped tithing. All right, so anyway, there would be nobody here to answer the phone, pray for you, counsel you, and uh, on and on and on a thousand times over. Let me tell you something. Tithing will change your future. It will change your future. And not only yours, but it will change your family's future. Oh, my Lord, have mercy. I had people walking up afterwards saying, Pastor, four years ago, four years ago, I was so in debt. But I said, I'm going to start tithing. And Pastor, I'm telling you, I look back, I don't know how, but God has worked miracles in my finances. And uh, this morning after the first service, somebody walked up and they said, hey, I was in a job making $12,000. I'm now making $50,000 on my job. Another one walked up and said, uh, God has incredibly turned my finances around as a result of tithing and stepping out in faith. And uh, there's a lot more that goes to it. That's why you need to watch the Dave Ramsey course, all right? So anyway, what happens when you tithe? Number one, satisfaction in knowing we have obeyed, knowing God's tithe will increase the effectiveness of his kingdom and expand it. Number two, a belief that God will cause an overflow in our lives. Enough for us and enough to bless others. Number three, it increases our faith when we start tithing. As we obey the word, 
it causes us to be even more generous because as we obey, all of a sudden, we start seeing miracles. Our faith starts to grow, and so we give more. And then there's more miracles of, of some extent that happen in our lives. It's not always finances. 20 years ago, I came down with a serious autoimmune disorder. Um, there were about four guys that the doctor was treating at the same time. Typically, anybody that got it died. As you can see, I'm still here. All right, so 20 years later, and by the grace of God. So it's not always, and you say, well, Pastor, you believe just because you tithe that you got better? Can you disprove it? That's what I want to ask you. Can you disprove that? And so anyway, all, all I know is I walked in the doctor's office one day. I said, how are the other guys doing? Well, one's no longer with us. And so I walked out to the car and I told Alice, I better start praising instead of complaining. All right, let me tell you, it's an incredible thing when you start honoring God. There was a man who made a lot of money. Um, he rented a boat from this guy and the captain took him out on the waters, uh, way out in the waters between Florida and the Bahamas and all of a sudden, a big storm comes up. The ship goes down, but they make it to a small remote island. They check it out. There's nobody there. They sat down on the beach. The captain's all worried. His ship has gone down or his boat has gone down. He's worried, how are we going to get off this island? And he looks over at this guy, and the guy's smiling and just acting like he's enjoying the beautiful beach. And he's like, how can you be happy? And he says, listen, hey, I make $50,000 a week. I tithe $5,000 a week. My pastor will find me. Okay? Now, are you saying, pastor, if I don't tithe, will, you won't come looking for me? I'm not saying that. We'll eventually get around to it, all right? So anyway, I'm just saying, all right? <laughs> no. Let me tell you something. I appreciate the large tithe, and I appreciate the $20 tithe, all right, just as much as I appreciate because it all goes together to make a difference in the kingdom of God. Thank God. So let me say to you, wow. How many of you want to get God's attention? How many of you, you're thinking to yourself, as you think about this, you think, boy, I, I, I would love to know I had God's attention. Well, you do, but here's two people that got the attention of God. One was the little widow lady, and you know, in the Old Testament, if you were a widow and your husband died and you didn't have sons, you were up the creek. And she was up the creek. She was down to her last, less than a penny. The coins that she put in, most think it was less than our penny, a fraction of our penny. But Jesus is paying attention to what's happening. And he sees some rich people come by, and he sees, apparently could see. I don't know if they were showing it off and then putting it in. I don't know. But he could see they were putting in large amounts of money. But then this woman, this widow, catches his attention. And he sees her put in these two little coins. And by the Spirit, he realizes she's a widow. 
This is all she has. There's no more at home. This is it. She, at this point, doesn't know what she's going to do about money, about the things of necessity. She has no clue, but there's a spark of faith in her heart that allows her to take what little she has and give it. And Jesus calls the disciples and he says, did you see that widow? She gave more than all of them and some of them gave a lot. She gave more. Why? Because they had plenty more and she had no more. She got God's attention. There was another man that got God's attention. It was a Roman centurion, Cornelius. And he was over a regiment of Roman soldiers, and this man had a good heart. He prayed. I don't know who led him to start praying. I don't know where he got that. I don't know what upbringing he had. Nothing about him is told, but he's, he's a praying man. He starts praying, and he doesn't know really who to pray to, but he's praying. And then he starts giving alms. He starts giving and it gets the attention of God. And God sends an angel and says, call for Peter. When you get the attention of God, that's not the end of the story. God does something when you get his attention. So he sent for Peter. Peter came, you know the rest of the story in Acts chapter 10, where Peter came, preached. Cornelius, his family, his friends, they all got saved, baptized in the Holy Spirit, baptized in water, all in the same day. Do you say, Pastor, was it because he gave alms? Well, you tell me. The Bible says he prayed and gave alms, and God, he got God's attention. Well, I want to get God's attention, and today you can get God's attention. I know he already cares about you, but... I want to tell you, if you've never tithed and you say, today, you know what? I'm just going to step out. I'm just going to do it. I'm, I'm, I, I don't see how I'm going to make it. I've got debts, you know, up to my ears, but I'm going to do it. You will get God's attention. When you respond like that to God, God is drawn to your situation. Um, let me tell you, there's a place in Malachi chapter 3 where God says this, and I'll tell you in a moment, because in the next three months, I'm going to challenge you to tithe. Maybe you never have. Many of you never have. Or you did here and there a little bit every once in a while, but you've never consistently been a tither. So, I'm going to challenge you to do what God said. Because in Malachi, he said, try me. He didn't say, try it, tithing. No, he said, you try me. Try me. He says, it's almost like, go ahead. Go ahead. Start giving. See what I'll do. Just, you want to see? I'll, I'm going to show you. Just, but you start, and I'll respond. And so he says, do this. You tithe. And then God says, when you start doing that and you try me, he says, 
I'm going to open the windows of heaven over your life. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, number one, open the windows of heaven over your life. Number two, I'm going to pour out for you such a blessing, more than you can imagine. Those people walking out giving testimony this morning were as shocked as uh, anything at what God did. They were not even expecting the magnitude of what they got. Number three, and he says, I will rebuke the devourer. You try me and that devil who's been stealing from you, robbing from you, taking from you, I will rebuke him. And number four, God says, you try me, try me. And I will call you blessed and people will call you blessed. People will testify of how you are blessed. Just this morning, I testified of those that walked out and told me. Others will look at you and they'll be like, how did you do this? And you're like, let me tell you right now. I don't know. I just tried God. And God did things that have so amazed me. Now, I'm going to encourage you. Whatever way you give, I want to encourage you to tithe this morning. I've already tithed. I have ours set up to where it comes out the first thing on a Thursday morning. So our tithe get covered before anything else is covered. So I'm covered. This last night, I sat over there and we gave to missions on our phones. Right now, I'm going to join you, and I'm going to give. And so, I want you. Let's pray first, real quick. There at the campuses, online. Some of you have never tithed online. I challenge you. This word is for you. Yes, we are supposed to tithe, that sacred tithe. Giving to the poor, that's you. That's your direction by the Spirit, whatever you choose to do, you're not mandated that amount, but you are mandated the tithe, the 10%, which is that same sacred tithe we mentioned, Abraham, the law, now into the church. So, let's pray. Father, this concept is new. This principle is new to a lot of people possibly hearing my voice. And God, I pray that by revelation, your spirit would reveal to everyone this principle of giving. God, you're a giver. And if we're going to be like you, we've got to give. And so, Lord, I thank you for not only a changed man or woman, but it's going to result in changed families and changed generations. God, you've used tithing, literally changed my life so many ways, along with all the other things you've done for me. Bless these people now as they step out in faith and honor you. As I said, I serve a big God. Try him. Say, okay, let's, let's, go, for, let's go for three months. Try him. And at the end of three months, if you don't think God has proven himself, then you do what you want to do. But today... I'm giving with you. I've already given, for heaven's sakes, that was just that fast. I am really high tech. High tech. I mean, 
easy to give on the phone, easy to give on a computer, easy to give, write the check, put it in this morning, whatever. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer in a moment, but I'm going to give you another second or so to give because maybe you walked into this building and this is the last thing you expected to do at this very moment, to be challenged, to give a tithe to God. Leviticus, I'll tell you this, Leviticus says, this tithe doesn't belong to us. This tithe is holy and set apart to God. That other 90%, we can do with it as we choose, as God leads, whether it's to the poor, to missions, wherever. This year, people gave over, I believe, $300,000 to help people going through a difficult time during COVID. So they chose to do that. Praise God forever. Stand with us, please, everyone. God bless you at the campuses. Everyone standing with us today, and please don't slip out. We're almost to the, we're early, for heaven's sakes. Or maybe one minute over. My prayer, listen, this church is doing fine. This message was not for this church. This message was for you and your family and your children and your children's children. And for all of you listening online, this was for you. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thank you for joining us in pursuit of growing closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.